I love that song. I love it when Amanda sings it. I love it in general. I play it in my office all the time because it gets my head right. You know? I just get full of stuff, you know, full of worries and concerns. And it just reminds me that God has been so good to me. Just turn to somebody and tell them, and sincerely tell them, you are blessed. Just go ahead. Now, having been told that, you need to believe them. <coughs> They're telling you the truth. You've been blessed. Everyone in this room has been blessed. And today I want to talk about that. We're giving back to God. Now, if you're a guest, don't feel worried about that. But the rest of us have been blessed. And we want to say thank you. And that's a part of the way we do that. And uh, yeah, so it's a powerful thing to be blessed. So we've been talking about this, this idea of being blessed. And we as Christians, of all people, ought to not only know that we're blessed, but identify the blessings. Because I want to suggest you, you have blessings in your life. You've been blessed in ways you've not even identified yet. And I wanted to talk about how we come to not only know that we've been blessed, but to actually live as blessed people and let it affect our daily lives. And so I want to kind of talk about that in the next few minutes. Uh, it is, after all, a biblical imperative. It's not an idea God said, hey, it'd be great if you just realize you're blessed. No, we're taught in Scripture that we are to live a foundational understanding of the way we live our lives, see the world, our worldview, is that we begin with the fact that we are blessed. Here's what it says in Scripture as, as by way of how we should live, not because God's mad at us if we don't, but because this is the best way to live. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, I, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks, not for all circumstances. Not all circumstances are worthy of thanks. Some just stink, okay? But in all circumstances, because we know that God has the outcomes under control. So here is the problem. Here's the problem with this is I don't know about you, but when I kind of go to default mode, autopilot, my mind does not go toward gratitude. Now, you may be different than me, but my mind doesn't necessarily go. My mind, and I want to suggest as a result of the fall of our society, people in general, we go toward fear. We go toward worry. We go toward fault finding with ourselves or with someone else. We go toward the negative when we just kind of let our minds steer itself. Now, you're going to have to, you're going to have to forgive me for this first point, but I was in a mood, okay? When I wrote this first point, you're just going to have to deal with it. I don't know if I thought I was like T.D. Jakes or something, but um, I wrote this. Here's where our mind goes. It goes to the lacking, the lurking, and the loathsome. It goes to the lacking, what we don't have. It goes to whatever's lurking out there that we should be afraid of. And it goes to the loathsome, those things that are not worthy of our thoughts, Right? And if you doubt that, just think about the news, all right? What does the news do? The news tells you all the things you should be afraid of. And then you get a break from that, which is good, except for then you get commercials, and it tells you all the things you don't have that you need. White teeth, a better mattress, right? And then after that, whatever's on after the news is usually loathsome. <laughs> loathsome means disgusting, <laughs> And our mind goes not toward heavenly, wonderful, great things, things that will produce gratitude. Our mind, because I believe it's a part of our fallen nature, goes to things that will produce worry, concern, envy, whatever it is. 
So here is what I think is required. If, if we were to live out this biblical imperative to be grateful in all circumstances, if we're going to live that out, we need to think about, and again, I apologize, but we need to think about the godly, the gracious, and the good. The godly. We look at a lot of negative, a lot of bad things in the world. When's the last time you just sat and thought about somebody who was really following Jesus with all their heart and admired the progress their character is making? When was the last time you just really decided to be gracious or you recognized God's grace working through someone else? Now, I'm going to give you a practical way to practice this in the, in the parking lots on the way out today. <laughs> I want you to be gracious and experience grace from others. God's unmerited favor to us extended to each other. What kind of afternoon will you have if you experience incredible grace on the way out? Right? And the good. Nothing you have that is good didn't come from God, ultimately. Ultimately, all you have that is good came from God. And so we begin to look at our lives differently. We begin to realize that this imperative is, is important. Now, the problem is we don't usually change our attitude. And this is the last time I'll do it, but this is good stuff. Watch this. The only times we change our attitudes is in the crashes, the flashes, the ashes, and the daily dashes. Okay, I'm done. I won't. Yeah. I quit. No more. So here's what happens. We tend to go through life thinking about what we don't have, thinking about what terrible things could happen, thinking about disgusting stuff. We go through life until something happens and we have a crash. We run into it. Sometimes it's a literal crash. Uh, we run into some circumstance, some situation, just about takes us out. You ever been in a car crash, a really bad one, or seen somebody? And, they, and they, here's what they say. Man, I'm just glad to be alive. That's the beginning of a grateful life. That's the beginning, if you can just hang on to that. Man, that was close. I'm just glad to be here. Right? You stop worrying about all the stuff you don't have. You stop about what could have happened because well, something almost did happen. And now you're just going, I'm just here. and I'm just grateful for that. That's the beginning. What a great place to begin your, your worldview. I'm just glad to be alive. Even the breath I breathe is a gift. I'm just glad to be here. I, another one is, I call it the flashes, and, and the flashes are little moments of, of recognition of God's handiwork and God's good gifts. So I was holding my new grandson this week, little Jed, and little Jed is a human being already, like he's about the size of a football, but he's a human being already. And, uh, and as I look down at him, and I see those perfect little fingers and those perfect little ears, and I see him get upset, and his little liver when he's upset and I just look at him and I have flashes of God's goodness because there is no way that this little bundle of cells is an accident more importantly in the part of I know there's no way this little bundle of cells touches my heart so deeply because he can't do anything for me I can get nothing out of this kid what nothing I want out of this kid <laughs> thought I better correct that but um and yet, I just have this powerful love for him, and that's, that's God, you know? I, I tell you another thing. So in our, in our Rooted this time, by the way, if you haven't done Rooted, you got to sign up in February. It's, I, I just signed up for a group. I didn't lead a group. I just signed up and went and attended with a bunch of guys. What a great group. We had a great group. It was so fun. I was, it was good. I'm just telling you, it's good. If you didn't, didn't sign up, didn't get a chance to do it, you need to do it in February. So um, in our group, we're talking about worship. And I have to tell you, I love coming to church. It's a great place for me to worship, whether it's this church or another church. But uh, my other place that I like to worship is uh, out in the desert riding uh, dirt bikes. It's usually because the guys I'm riding with are much faster than me, and I'm praying the whole time, Lord, please keep me safe. Please. <laughs> Don't let me hit a cactus. But anyway, um, 
But on those moments where I'm not white knuckling it and just hanging out for dear life, and we're riding across the desert, and we look up and see the mountains, and it's usually in the winter, and it's snow-capped, and the skies are blue, and the air is fresh and cool, and I just have this moment where I go, this is God. This is a God, this beauty, this experience, this moment is reminding me there's a God and he is good and he has given us wonderful gifts. Those are flashes. It's crashes, flashes, and, and then ashes. And this one's a little more intense. Oftentimes we don't really become grateful people until we realize that this life is short. It might be at the funeral of a friend or someone who died way too young. It might be at the doctor's office when we hear those dreaded words. It might be just looking in the mirror and realizing, this sucker's going south fast. <laughs> I know you don't do that. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> it's in those moments we realize that this life is short. Maybe it's when you start losing your strength and you're not as strong as you used to be and you don't have the energy you used to have or someone you love that happens to and you begin to realize that this life doesn't last forever and you begin to not take for granted all the things, all of the strength you had and all of the energy you had and you even begin to not take for granted every day. You begin to realize that every day is a gift and you begin to live as a more grateful person. Now what's interesting about these three is you can't really control them. The last one's going to happen and you have no control over it. The first one, it, it, you have no control over it, it's circumstances and who knows when God's going to give you a flash? But there is one, and this this daily dash thing. There is one, because if it's a, Bible, a biblical imperative that we become grateful people, then there must be a way to move toward that. There must be something we can do. They're called spiritual disciplines. And we can, on a daily basis, choose to do a daily dash, which is run toward God and enumerate his blessings that day. Say to God, I am so thankful for these blessings. And as we do that, as we do our prayers and we talk to God daily, not just, oh God, please help me, but we enumerate the blessings that he's given. We acknowledge and we articulate the blessings that God has given us. We become more grateful people. That is the action that is required in order to become the biblical imperative of being a grateful person, is to tell God, to acknowledge, to recognize, and to tell God that you are grateful for his many gifts. That's why it says rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. It's practicing being a grateful person. Best way to live. So what happens when we start to do that? Well, we begin to have a different perspective on things. We begin to see things, not as our things, but just as things. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I referenced what we call the, the rich fool in Scripture. And it's this parable that Jesus told. And it's about the guy who was doing really well on his farm. And he had all this grain and all this stuff. And he just decided to build bigger barns and live fat and happy forever, right? And, and I didn't get to kind of talk about all the depth of this. So I just want to revisit that just for a moment. It's in Luke 12, and here's what it says. And Jesus told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Now here is the problem right off the bat, and Jesus is pointing out. It says this, the ground of a certain rich man yielded abundant crops. The ground yielded the crops, not the guy. He just happened to have good soil. Now, there's a guy down the road, probably had rocky soil. He didn't get nearly the crops this guy had. Who made the soil? Not the guy. Not the guy. Who worked harder? Both guys worked hard. 
You see, there is this thought, there is this sense of entitlement when we're not grateful people that I deserve this. This guy said, my crops. But he didn't produce the crops. The guy down the street was working just as hard. It was the soil. Who made the soil? Not the guy. Right? And a part of the point of this story is it was a wrong perspective. My crops, my soil, I could do this. No, no, God put the soil there. And for whatever reason, you happen to have that piece of property. Good for you, but be grateful. So what does it have to do with me? We're coming up on Thanksgiving Day, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. But I think we need to be thankful for this country. Now, I know we got all kinds of turmoil and all kinds of, you know, kind of people talking trash, and it's all... Let me tell you something. I've traveled a lot. This is the greatest country in the world. It absolutely is. And it is not perfect. We got work to do. But let me tell you something. When I hear people talking trash as if there's nothing good about this country, I want to take them with me. I want to, them to go where there's real poverty. I'm not saying we don't have any poverty, but where entire countries are extremely poor, where children really are starving to death every single day. And I'm not saying we shouldn't address the problems, but let me tell you something. I know people in those countries who are as smart as you are, who work harder than you work and have nothing. I don't know why I was born in America, but I want you to know this. I am grateful. I also have responsibilities because of that. What Christ was saying in this parable is, don't get your eyes on the wrong thing. Don't have the wrong perspective. Remember what is important and remember who provides. So he says, says, what happens if your soul is required of you this very night? He says, you got to keep your eye on what's important. So what is important? Well, let's just begin with this. Bottom line, life is a gift. Life is a gift. We have to develop this sense of gratitude because life itself, if you're breathing, it's a gift. Life is a gift. So we start with that baseline. Life is a gift. Everything after that's gravy. That's where we have to start. Life is a gift. And by the way, having gratitude and expressing gratitude to God is not for God's sake. He knows who he is. He knows what he's done. He doesn't need your propping up. His ego is not in in jeopardy. It is for you. (laughs) It is for your benefit that you recognize what God has done. And you articulate that. It is for your, the shaping of your soul, the setting of your priorities and mine. And so, if we, let me just say this, by the way, if we realize that gratitude is an essential key to our lives, then even, so some of us just, we just find it hard to be grateful. Life has been hard, or we have a negative attitude, and just pray, God, help me be grateful. Help me see your blessings and be grateful. Just begin to pray for that. Because if you can get the gratitude piece in place, more often than not, if you can get that gratitude piece in place, then that blessing helps you to understand all the other blessings and begin to see them. If you can't get the gratitude piece in place, everything else is taken for granted. You don't see any of God's other blessings. What happens is your life begins to devolve into just envy, dissatisfaction, complaints, feelings of entitlement, and always wanting more. Oh, wait a minute, that's America, sorry right? Because we have lost the ability to be a grateful nation and grateful individuals. We have taken for granted what God has given us. And so we must return to this idea of gratitude as a, as a keystone for all of life. It is a choice. It's a choice of the kind of lifestyle we're going to live. Let me read a passage for you in Ephesians 5. This is the lifestyle that we are instructed in Ephesians to have. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We live in evil days of consumerism, materialism, and ingratitude. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always, here's a, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to make a lifestyle choice of gratitude. Part of the reason I love that song she sang, Amanda sang, is because I need to listen to it. Because I need to be reminded that I am blessed. Because my mind goes other places. How do we do that? We look for opportunities. Look for opportunities to be grateful. You ever know somebody who had a, just had a hair trigger or a short fuse when it came to their temper? You get always kind of watching around. But don't look at anybody right now, by the way. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. Last night I said that. You ever know anybody like that? And there was this woman. I won't tell you where she was sitting. And, um, and she gave it one of these. I said, you ever know anybody who's just got that temper? She's just hair trade. And she gave it one of these at her husband. <laughs> Marriage counseling, here's a card. Anyway, so um, <coughs> wouldn't it be amazing <coughs> if we as Christians... We're not known for hair triggers on anger, but hair triggers on gratitude. You know, you got to watch out for that guy because it didn't take much to set him off. He'll just start praising and thanking God and telling people thank you. It's just no, almost no provocation. He just goes. You just got to watch out. A low threshold of gratitude? Wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I don't know what's up with She is so grateful all the time. It's just weird. <laughs> I would love somebody to say that. Wouldn't that be incredible? It comes from choosing a lifestyle, looking for opportunities to be grateful. Um, one of the ways we can do that is begin to keep track of God's blessings. And uh, so I've been writing my prayers, prayers out for years. And, and I'm not perfect at it, and I don't have a perfect record, and that's not what it's about. Uh, but at writing my prayers, it helps me think. And, and writing out my uh, blessings helps change me into a more grateful person. But here's part of the deal, and I just want to give you some encouragement if you, if you do that, whether it's write it out or just talk to God or whatever, is to begin with the, the greatest blessings first. So we talked about this last week. The greatest blessings are, so we all, oh, thanks for the kids, thanks for the house. Those are blessings, but those are not the greatest blessings, right? Remember last week, the greatest blessings have to do with the fact that there's a God and that that God is good, and that that God loves us, and that God came down to die for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have redemption, reconciliation, a purpose, a future, including heaven. Those are the things we begin with because the spiritual blessings are the greatest. Remember just last week, just in the passage, I didn't really get to cover it completely, but just in the passage, and last week I talked about Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Just in that passage, it enumerates um, the greatest blessings, redemption, forgiveness, adoption, wisdom, understanding, and heaven. We begin with those. We start with those spiritual blessings because those are the greatest blessings. And then we move on to other blessings, and, and, and they are blessings. But we begin with those. We need to raise our level of appreciation of God's blessing to the things that really matter. So let me let me give you an illustration. So when, when I write out my prayers, I begin with who God is. That's because that's the most important thing. Uh, it's much more important who God is than what mood I'm in, right? So we put that down somewhere down here, what I'm worrying about, what I'm thinking about, all right? And then I move to Thanksgiving, who God is and what that means to me, what he's done for me. And I begin with thank you for, for being a good God, first of all, and thank you for loving me and for dying for me and saving me and calling me and all this stuff. And I, I do all that stuff. Now, and and then, then I get on down and I confess the truth about my 
mess ups and, and I have that's a, usually two or three pages and then um and then I get down to talking to God what I need from him now let me tell you something this isn't universally true every time but it's mostly most of the time it's it's the way it is I can go back so I've been writing prayers for years now I can go back and look at prayers from years ago and I will read through that prayer and I will see the things that I am grateful for the things that I am thankful for and I will know exactly what I was talking about on that day I will know because it, was, it, it, it starts with the, the greatest gifts, the spiritual gifts, and it moves through family and other things. What's weird is I get down to the petition part where I'm asking for God's help. I can't usually figure out what it was I was praying for. I can't remember. Even if there's somebody's name there, I can, and I have to really search for what it was because those things are very temporary. We spend so much of our time thinking about the temporary. If we spend more time thinking about the eternal, we would live a different kind of life. Because years later, I'm looking back, and that was the part that mattered. God worked out the other part. He always does. It was this part that really mattered. So we must thank God for all of the blessings, but we must begin with the most important ones. Because that sets a priority for everything else. Besides that, if you spend all your time thanking God for lesser blessings... That may mean, I want to say this kindly, that that is the most important thing to you. So let's say I start all my prayers by thank, thanking God for my family. I do every day. I thank God for my, my marriage, my wife, my kids. Well, one of my kids, I thank God for... <laughs> I thank God for those things, but that's not where I start because that's not the priority of my, priority of my life. If those were the things that I was most thankful for, then that's called idolatry. The greatest thing in my life is not my marriage. It's incredible. It's so much better than I deserve. But that's not the greatest thing. The greatest thing is a God who loves me. And all the other blessings flow from that. And so we begin by just making lists of how God has blessed us and reviewing that on a regular basis. We start to feel taken advantage of. We start to feel victimized. We start to feel overwhelmed or jealous or envious or whatever it is. And we go back to that list and we add to it in detail, by the way. It changes your perspective returns you back to the I am blessed position. That's where we as Christians are to live. Um, by the way, let me just, this is for free. This is, I'm not even going to charge you for this part. Comparison is a losing proposition. So here's the reality. We will all keep score of our lives. We all take stock of our lives and have to decide. So some of us measured against the words we heard growing up. Either you have to or you'll never. You have to do this, you have to do that. And we kind of measure ourselves. They told me I have to do this. How am I doing? Or you'll never amount to, you'll never, oh, I'm, I'm doing better than that. They were lying. They were wrong. Or we compare ourselves to other people or what society tells us we should be. Well, I got more money than them or I got more money than them or I'm better looking than them. Just silly stuff. Just crazy. I got a better job. Comparison is a losing deal. It's dumb. It's, we're never told in scripture to do that. Let me tell you how to measure your life. Not by how somebody else is doing um, in, their, in their job or in their finances. Let me tell you how to measure your life. How blessed are you? Well, I'm not as blessed as somebody else. No, that's comparison. I'm asking you, how blessed are you? And if you start measuring your life by how blessed you are, in order to do that, keep score, you got to write it out, it will change your heart because you and I both know at the end of the day, we are more blessed than we deserve. God has been better to us than, than we deserve. So, last thing is, gratitude has to be expressed. It needs to be expressed. 
So there's this passage in Luke 17. It's, it's a, famous, a very familiar passage. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed, one of them. When he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. True gratitude requires expression. The holiday that we're experiencing that we're going to share this week is not called thanks feeling. It is called thanks giving. So there's a couple things you need to know about that. One, in order to express thanks, we need to know to whom we are thankful. Whole nation's going to have thanksgiving. I just want to know who they're giving thanks to. We know who to give thanks to. As Christ followers, we know exactly who to give thanks to. And for gratitude to be realized, it has to be expressed with words. The one leper came back praising Jesus. We need to use words. We need to say that we are blessed, that we are grateful. We need to use those kinds of words. Um, And so he said to Jesus that he was thankful. But he also said in a loud voice. So he not only said thank you to the one whom he was thankful, but about the one to others. You want to share your faith? What better way to share your faith than to just be grateful? Just be always talking about not what you don't have, not what you're afraid of, not the, but what God has given you. People are going to go, wow, that's, that's weird, but I kind of like it. It's kind of better than everybody else. If you want to share your faith, begin to talk about the one to whom you are grateful. There's an interesting thing here, too, that he threw himself down at Jesus' feet. Sometimes gratitude requires more than words, whether spoken or written. It requires gestures. There are some things that just, and I'm not a hugger, but there are some things that require a hug. There are some things that require a greater gesture. He fell down at Jesus' feet, and I have this picture that someday when I get to heaven, that I am going to, the first time I meet Jesus, for all the talking I've done in my life, words will fail me. My knees will go weak, and I will find myself crumpled at his feet in gratitude. It's interesting, the last phrase in that section I read to you was, and this man was a Samaritan. And the last phrase in my picture of being crumpled at Jesus' feet will be, and this man was a sinner saved by grace. That's the bottom line. Whatever else he gives or doesn't give me doesn't really matter, honestly. I am a sinner saved by grace, and I am eternally grateful. There's this song that I grew, I grew up singing when I was a kid. I, I researched it a little bit this week, and it, and it was written during World War II by someone, in a, a minister in Scotland, and think of the condition of the world at that time. And, and it, it, the, the refrain says this, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Here are the verses. I never knew the verses before. Some thank the Lord for friends and home, for mercy sure and sweet, but I would praise him for his grace in prayer. I would repeat. Some, some thank him for the flowers that grow and some for the stars that shine. My heart is filled with joy and praise because I know he is mine. I trust in him from day to day. I prove his saving grace. I'll sing this song of praise to him until I see his face. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. I love that passage. I love that. Today, I'm, oftentimes when I talk, I want to stick something in your brain. I want something that you can't get out. You know how you get a song in there, you can't get it out? I want to do that to you today. 
And uh, I've invited uh, someone, uh, some people who are very important to me uh, to help me out with that. Would you guys welcome my mom? This is Eddie June. You can face them. They're friendly, mostly friendly. Here, take that. I did this last night without asking her, but she came back, so I figured it must be okay. He's bigger than I am <laughs> and much meaner, so I had to listen. <laughs> My mom, for most of her life, has been a worship leader and a musician, and I learned this song from her. And I'd like you to teach us this chorus so we can take it with us. Would you, would you sing it for us, and then we'll sing it with you? Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Let's sing it again one more time. We're getting it. Yes, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. For making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we might as well do the whole family thing. Come on, Pop. <laughs> this is Norman. This is my dad. <laughs> I'm going to ask him to say a prayer of blessing and thanksgiving over our congregation, if that's all right. Our Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful today for all of thy blessings. Thank you, Lord, for providing salvation. Thank you for sending your son to live upon this planet. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your willingness to go to the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins, the cleansing us from all iniquity and putting within our hearts the joy of your salvation. Lord, we thank you for our families that have come to know the Lord. Generation after generation, Lord, we walk along with you and you keep your hand upon us. We thank you, Lord, for each family here this morning and to expect your blessing to rest upon them. And those in the family who do not know the Lord, we ask your mercy be upon them till they come to the knowledge of salvation and put their trust in you. Lord, we thank you for this church that you have raised up and the leadership 
that has been given as you've anointed Pastor Doyle and give him the vision for this great work. Lord, we ask you to continue. Bless this people, Lord. Make them a blessing in every way that this great city will have a source of light, of joy, of truth to bring comfort and strength and faith and love, those things that flow out of your presence. Lord, we thank you for this great country of ours that were founded up by believers who trusted in you and walked in faith in God. We thank you, Lord, for your covering. You've protected us, made us the most prosperous, the safest, the most blessed place on this earth. Lord, we thank you for all of the blessing we enjoy every day. Now, Lord, after you have blessed us, we ask you to make us a blessing. Individually, Lord, let us be a blessing in our family, on our job, in school, in our neighborhood. Lord, wherever we go, let your blessings flow out of our lives. Bless each family here today. Lord, bless those that know you. And by your grace, bring those to yourself who do not know you, that when we stand before you, we'll be a family united in your presence. Lord, we ask you to continue to bless this church as it ministers to the people of this community. Lord, let its influence, let its impact, let his blessing for you, Lord, be upon this community. Men and women and young people and children will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask you to make our nation a blessing. It is from this nation that missionaries have gone. It is from this nation where the truth is spread around the world. It is from this nation where much of the peace and the blessing that the nation the joy we have lord had a part in that we ask you to bring us close to yourself as a nation let our faith again be strong let your holy spirit move among us not only for our own goodness lord but we can continue to bless this world and be a beacon of truth until you come for christ's sake we ask it Amen. Amen. Amen.